I woke up, looked at my phone, you know, of course, that's my alarm clock. I'm like, how is it already Thursday? These days, these weeks, flying by. No doubt about that. Well, it is Thursday morning. Welcome to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is episode 56. This is your host, Brandon LaChance, ready for some podcast awesomeness. On this show, we have Luke Fleming, senior from Ottawa, finished fifth in the state at the wrestling tournament at 132 pounds. Congratulations to him. He was an awesome guest. We talked about a lot of stuff. We even added some WWE wrestling into our prep wrestling conversations. It was pretty cool. He was a good dude to talk to. If you have not heard any of our other shows or would like to hear them all, if you've only listened to a couple, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music iTunes, and Google Music. You can listen to us on all three of those outlets. And to follow us on social media, see what's going on, who's on the next podcast, who's on the one before, any other updates that I try to put on there as much as possible. That is Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook and Edge of Your CP on Twitter. Please leave comments, likes, shares, all that good stuff. We love the support. So I'll say it ahead of time. Thank you very much. Also got to give a shout out to Brian Cavelli for the intro and outro beat on this podcast and all of the previous 55 podcasts. Good friend of mine, and he helped me out with creating something awesome that I could use for this show. Much love and appreciation to that as well. Well, on Wednesday, I get off of work. I'm a banker and stuff now. I get off of work and I'm like, huh, what to do? Oh, never fear. Here comes Pat Beals, guest on episode 39, longtime Mendota guy. Hop into his ride and we go to NIU for a women's basketball game between the NIU Huskies and Ball State. It was a pretty awesome game. Back and forth in the first half, NIU could not keep the ball to themselves. Tons of turnovers. I think halfway through the second, Pat looked it up, and there was like 11 turnovers, and we thought they had more than that. Couldn't grab any offensive rebounds. Felt like Ball State was getting four or five opportunities every single trip down the court. But NIU bounces back in the third and in the fourth, the second half, and take a 70-62 to victory, which we felt was an upset. Ball State came in with a 20-9 record, 12-5 in the MAC. Why Northern is 10 and 18, 6 11 in the MAC. So, definitely an upset. Ball State looking to cruise, and NIU wasn't having it. It was a lot of fun to be there, talk some sports with Pat, talk some basketball. It was a lot of fun. And I don't know anything about NIU women's basketball, at least not this year. Watching the team, watching the coach's daughter on the sideline was very, very entertaining. She's very vocal. Anytime the refs made a bad call, or at least she thought it was a bad call, they heard it. She was a cheerleader. She's giving them high fives after everything. It was a lot of fun to see the love and enjoyment of this girl. She had to have been somewhere in the 12 to 14 range. It was a lot of fun to watch that as well. I was watching that as I was watching the game because we were right behind them. So it was a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of fun to watch. And good win for the Huskies. It looked like they needed it. They were pumped up after the game. Watch the post-conference afterwards. Thank you, Pat, for sending that. And they kind of knew what they needed to do. It was the turnovers. It was the rebounds. They fixed those things in the second half and were able to pick up the victory. 
And that is the last home game for NIU as the conference tournament right around the corner. It's so crazy. It's the end of the basketball season almost. I mean, we're headed into March Madness. It's March. It's crazy. I'm ready. So before I get to Luke Fleming and some more sports talk, I'm going to do some updates on basketball games for girls and boys prep playoffs. Just want to talk some other things I haven't in a while. I've been watching a lot of movies. Actually, not a lot at all, but seen a couple movies throughout the last few weeks that I haven't been able to talk about. Things like that. I already did my political debating <laughs> the last episode. And I always have this book that keeps staring at me. It's on my desk, sitting here doing the podcast, always looking at me. I need to read it. I am upset with myself that I haven't. I got it for Christmas. Of course, I am talking about Derek Rose's book, I'll Show You. You know, Sam Smith helped him write it. Sam Smith, predominant Bulls writer. If you are a fan of Chicago Bulls, read anything that has ever been written about the Chicago Bulls. It is heavily influenced or written by Sam Smith. There's no doubt about that. And Derrick Rowe is one of my favorite players, so it is going to be awesome to read it. I need to take it off the shelf and actually open up the book. If you've read it, send a comment about the book and what you thought about it. I'd appreciate that. So, some things that I've watched. I am a little behind. I try to be a busy guy. Do a podcast. I work at a bank try to help IVCC women's basketball team as much as possible. At the end of the season, I did a little more than I was able to in the beginning. Moving forward, hope to work with them more. And just FYI, just talked to Josh Nauman, the head coach of IVCC women's basketball. My buddy. I call him a boss, I think. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I guess I am, ain't I? Just talked to him yesterday while I was at NIU for a podcast over the phone not in person I'm sure he wish he would have been there too it was a good game he would have enjoyed it but he is a future guest also we have Fieldcrest girls basketball coach Mitch Neely and senior Hannah Baker conversations with both of them are in the books will get edited put on an awesome podcast they were both great interviews also have Nick Izzo from F2 Basketball Company that kind of resides in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Talked to him a few weeks ago, actually about a month ago, and how they help develop college talent, basketball talent that is, college basketball talent, pro talent, prep talent, all kinds of awesomeness going on there. He was a great interview. Got that in the books. And of course, there's more to come. So. Keep checking us out. We much appreciate it. Anyway, back to what I wanted to talk about. I checked out Toy Story 4. It was okay. I mean, it was an alright watch. I might watch it again if nieces or nephews or somebody wants to check it out. I'd be like, okay, I'll watch it again. I like the story that they keep intervening these toys. Bring them in, bring them out. And it's kind of like a life of a toy. The first couple movies are... Awesome. I love 1 and 2. 3 was pretty good too. And it's cool to just have this saga with these toys. Like, you don't think, like you're looking at a toy shelf or a toy box in the kid's room and you're like, oh yeah, what if they were alive? What kind of story could they tell? And of course, Disney is able to do that with just about any inanimate object ever. Ever. <laughs> so to do it with a cowboy toy or a space guy and 
little Bo Peep, and just, it's just really cool. Mr. Potato Head, Mrs. Potato Head. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Good story. Not as good as the first two for sure. One and two, my favorites by far. But three was cool. Four, solid. They'd probably say it's the, the least of the four, but isn't that how it usually goes when you get to four movies in a series? But I do wonder what they're going to do from here. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't crossed over Toy Story with anything else. I'm always kind of curious to how they're going to do that. Now they own everything. What are some other characters or some personalities that we know from other movies that you can interact with Toy Story? Like, what if they brought in Nemo, had him in a fishbowl, put him in one of the kids' room? I guess they're with Bonnie right now. Bonnie's the kid that has these toys, including Woody and Buzz. What if they brought Nemo in a fishbowl? Or they get thrown in a garbage somewhere and Wally is personal robot for a garbage collector or you know something like that just something crazy that would be pretty cool to see how they can interact with these characters I don't know if they'll ever do that but I always think about that watching these movies a couple other things I watched Highwaymen with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson came out in 2019 I absolutely loved it I love movies that go from the other perspective than what we're used to it is about Bonnie and Clyde Costner and Harrelson are the cops, detectives, that finally catch Bonnie and Clyde and end their lives in their reign of criminal terror that they reigned over everything in the public enemy era in the 1930s. If you think about all the gangsters and robbers and most of them, I'm going to say about 85% of them come from the early 1930s, which they call the public enemy era. I've watched most of those movies about those characters and read some books it's very interesting how they lived their lives and just ransacked the entire country doing whatever they wanted to but usually these movies are in the perspective of the criminal or the robber they don't go from anybody else for the most part so this one being from the detectives trying to catch them like you don't even really see Bonnie and Clyde's face throughout the whole movie you see their silhouettes you see their wrath of destruction, but you do not really see them. You don't hear from them. It's from the detectives, which was really cool. I liked how they did that. Kevin Costner, not really a huge fan. I think he's like the most vanilla actor ever, but he did a really good job here. This was his kind of role. And Woody Harrelson, I love him. He's crazy. I like the crazy ones. He's definitely crazy. One of my favorites. But if you have not seen that, I highly recommend it. It'll keep you interested throughout its entirety. A couple of Netflix like docu-series or you know, a special documentary that I've watched. Of course, I know you've heard of this. Not going to say the real name because I, I don't really cuss on here. I try to keep it PG for everybody to listen to. But don't F with cats. Everybody's like, oh no, this guy is killing cats. However, you really don't see what happens and the investigation work from just random people on the internet blew my mind. Like, how do you have time to go into a full investigation over somebody you don't even know where he's at? They pinpoint a location. They pinpoint what's going on. They pinpoint his life just through internet searches and groups and chatting with other people online. And they pretty much did the police investigation before the police did. 
they had it narrowed down to where this guy was at, who he could be, all these other things. Cops were way, way, way behind in what was going on. You probably heard that one once or twice before. But it is a great story. No, nobody likes to be killed. <laughs> nobody wants that to happen to anybody that they know. Hopefully, that would be the human decency thing to do. But the way it was investigated, the way they found who it was and how it happened and all this other stuff was insane. Insane. It's like a three-part docu-series. They're like a little over an hour, a little under an hour. I can't remember. But great story. I would check it out if I were you. Otherwise, I don't know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> Just kidding. And then another one is called The Long Shot. It's like 40 minutes about this guy that's in L.A. And there's a murder of this girl that is tied to a family member of his. I believe it was his brother. And, you know, they're saying that he did it. Well, there's video footage of him being at a Dodgers game while this is going on crazy just happened to get caught on tape and the reason he got on caught on tape is because Larry David was filming an episode of his hit show Curb Your Enthusiasm and the dude was in the video awesome that still didn't 100% clear him but pretty much so if you have not checked any of those out I definitely would very good views for all of them if you have anything you would like to recommend to me I don't really watch a lot of stuff. I try to in as much time as I can. But please, please, let me know what you're thinking. What's a good watch? Let's go ahead and do these updates of girls and boys basketball playoffs. We are definitely in the thick of it now. Girls hoops 3A and 4A are in state semifinals. That's exciting. Who doesn't love the state tournament? And, of course, the state semis are on Friday for 3A, it's 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. In the Super Sectionals, to set up the Final Four for the state tournament, Chicago Simeon defeated Fenwick, which is in Oak Park, 59-37. Montini, which is in Lombard, defeated Grays Lake Central, 55-33. This sets up the 11 a.m. state semifinal between Simeon and Montini. In the other two super sectionals to set up a state semifinal, Morton, who was the number one seed in the subsectional that LaSalle Peru was in, defeated Providence Catholic 45 to 12. And they are going to meet Lanfear from Springfield, who defeated Highland 57 to 46. And that is the other state semifinal at 1 p.m. on Friday. The state championship is at 1 p.m. on Saturday with the third place game at 11 a.m. On the last episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, LaSalle Peru coach Hollis Vickery said, In the last five years, all five 3A state champs have come from that subsectional. And if Morton can pull it off, that's six out of six and a pretty dominant, dominant showing for that area of basketball. Unfortunately for LaSalle Peru, they keep running into buzzsaws, and we talked about that with Hollis on episode 55. In 4A, the super sectionals, Frem from Palatine defeated Maine West from the Plains 57-49 to set up a state semifinal with Lake Park and Roselle beating Dundee, Crown, and Carpentersville 60-49. So Frem and Lake Park they will meet at the state semifinal at 5.30 on Friday 
And at the state semifinal at 7-15, it will be Lincoln Way West, who defeated Homewood Flawsmore 54-44, taking on Bolingbrook, who defeated Chicago Whitney Young 51-68 in super sectional action. So, the state semifinals for 4A, like I said, are at 5-30 and 7-15 on Friday, with the third place game at 5-30 on Saturday, and of course the 4A state championship at 7:15 on Saturday. In boys class 1A action in a sectional semifinal on Wednesday last night. I was following this as I was coming back with Pat from NIU and DeKalb. Indian Creek moves to 34 and 0 on the season with a 58-51 victory over Lena Winslow. In that game, Cooper Larson 22 points and 10 rebounds. Drew Gatson 14 points and Cam Russell, 12 points and 4 assists. We had Indian Creek coach Joe Picars and Cooper Larson on the show a couple podcasts ago, and they kept talking about how it's a very versatile team. Anybody can score. Anybody can do anything. And every time that I look at a box score or talk about the team, I am definitely finding that out more and more. They are a legit full squad. It is really good to see, especially from Shabanaw, little town in the middle of nowhere of Illinois, putting together a really awesome, amazing team to watch. So Indiana Creek moves on to play Dakota at 7 p.m. Friday in the 1A River Ridge Sectional Championship. Dakota got there by defeating Fulton 52-39. Another team that I was watching throughout 1A playoffs, Newark, ran into a buzzsaw of their own. They were defeated 81-28 by Chicago Leo in a Class 1A Marquette sectional semifinal. Now Leo moves on to play Chicago Finger at 7 p.m. on Friday in the sectional championship. Newark ends their season at 17 and 18. Hey, to get to a sectional semifinal, 17 and 17, means they were playing tough competition and improved their game as the season went on. Although they lost 81 to 28, they've had some pretty impressive scores of their own rights. They knocked out a tough Samanok team, 57-52, to get the chance to face Leo in the sectional. So, props to Newark and everything that they were able to do. Throughout 2A action, I've been following the Princeton sectional. The semifinals were on Wednesday, last night. Newman knocked out El Paso Gridley, 65-53. And Fieldcrest knocked out Rock Ridge, 52-41. For the Knights of Fieldcrest, Jackson Kusick mckay scored 20, and Corey Lind scored 15. In the regional final, both of those guys had 24 apiece, so they continue to be leading scorers for the Knights. That's great to see from them. So Newman and Fieldcrest will lock up at 7 p.m. Friday in the Princeton Sectional Championship. Fieldcrest has been on a roll for quite some time now. This season marks their third straight regional championship, 14th for Coach Matt Winkler, who has been with the program since 1992-93, which is the beginning of Fieldcrest. He's been with the program throughout, the entirety of the program. The last time they were they won sectional championships was the only one in Fieldcrest history was in 2012. So they are trying to make that a little more recent with their sectional championship banners, that's for sure. In 3A, unfortunately, saw another local team go down. Number 7 seed, LP, 
lost to number one Rock Island 86 to 57 on Tuesday in the LaSalle Peru Regional Semi. Right after that game though, Ottawa. Miles Tucker for the Pirates drained a three at the buzzer to knock out Streeter 57 to 56. I seen the clip, I was amazed. Just ice, ice cold. Miles Tucker, just a killer. Throws the dagger, wins the game. That is awesome for Ottawa. This means Rock Falls and Ottawa will meet at the LaSalle Peru Regional Final at 7 p.m. on Friday. See what kind of fireworks we get there. And I'll start following 4A when we get to the Super Sectionals. Most of the teams are like way south or way north of here. So not really affiliated with those teams as much as 3A, 2A, 1A. Once I get to the Super Sectionals, of course I want to know who's winning and things like that. So we will follow them once the field narrows down a little bit. Well, I think that's enough of me rambling. Hopefully, got the updates that you needed, some scores, some records, all that awesome stuff. Please keep listening. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your CP. And of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Shout out to Luke Fleming, who is on this podcast. I'm going to kick it to him in just a second. Also wanted to give props, congrats to LaSalle Peru senior Peyton Perino, who finished fourth at 285. That's heavyweight. Congrats to both of them. Tried to get Peyton on, but we kept interfering schedules, and I got sick or wasn't feeling well last week, and we had a couple times scheduled, and it didn't work out. If we can link up, then of course I will have my buddy Peyton back on the show. Well... That's enough with me. Here is Luke. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back soon. Until next time. Peace. I've been trying to get a hold of this guy for a little bit. I've been excited about what he's been doing over the year. Taking on all comers on the mat, just like a true wrestler would. Of course, I am talking about Ottawa, 132-pounder Luke Fleming. How's it going, Luke? Going good. I mentioned that you've been killing it all year. But you put a cap on it with finishing fifth at the IHSA State Wrestling Meet. Man, that had to be an awesome feeling for you as a senior. Yeah, it was great to end my senior year with a win and get that medal. Is that your first state medal? Second. What was your first medal? I uh, finished sixth my sophomore year. So you upped it by one? Yep. That's awesome, man. Good stuff. Thank you. From your sophomore year, you know, qualifying for state, getting sixth, to your senior year, qualifying again, getting fifth, what are some things that you improved on as a wrestler? Just confidence. A lot this year was was a big part was just confidence in myself. I wasn't as nervous, like, going out there before a match and stuff, so I just knew what I had to do, and I was, uh, I believed in my ability. Definitely. Throughout the postseason, you won a regional championship finished second at sectional, and then, of course, fifth at state. What was uh, a couple of your finest moments, the moments that you're going to look back on at your postseason run and, like, man, I did really good there? Probably sectionals when I uh, only lost, like, one nothing to the number one ranked kid in the state, and then I beat the number fifth ranked kid in the state, like, 11 to 1. That was a big confidence boost for me, and it really set me up good for downstate. So knowing that you could compete with ranked guys like that, you're like, hey, I can wrestle with anybody. Yeah. Were you ranked at all this season? Yeah, I think I was like sixth or seventh, maybe. 
heading into the season, you know, it's your senior year. It's your last year on the Ottawa wrestling team. What were some goals that you had set for yourself? You know, I really want a top four at eight, but I fell short just a little bit. But just placing, getting down there, because last year I didn't, um, I didn't even qualify last year. Just making it down there was a big goal for me this year. You know, going through these tournaments, especially regional, sectionals, and you get to state, in the tournaments, you know, every weekend. Who are some of the top competition that you've seen, you know, a couple of times, and you're like, man, if I lock up with them at state, it might be a little tough. A lot of the tough kids I wrestled this year before postseason were like 1A and 3A kids, so they weren't even in my division. So I didn't really have to worry too much about that, but I kind of knew from like, since I've been wrestling since I was younger, I know some of the names and stuff, so I kind of have an idea of who's going to be a tough match and who's not. Okay. Who are a couple of those guys that were tough for you, but you got it done? Gabe Spencer was, was probably one of my biggest wins all year, if not my biggest win. I beat him in the pit championship 3-2. to two. He was uh, a returning state champ. He hasn't lost a match in like 81 matches or something like that. 81 matches and you were the guy that ended the streak? Yep, I got the bracket board hanging up in my room. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Did that make you feel like a WWE champion? Oh, oh, yeah. I was feeling great after that. Now that I brought up WWE, who's your favorite wrestler? Probably Shawn Michaels. I used to watch him when I was little, but he's retired now. It's okay. We can do all-time wrestlers. That's awesome. Yeah, he's my favorite. Hopefully you don't beat me up, but my favorite as a kid and probably still now was Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. I like him, too. It's not bad. You're down at state. You're under the spotlight. You're wrestling well. You get to, you know, the last match of the tournament for you, deciding, you know, what place you're going to get. What's going through your head as you're at the mat, ready for it to start, ready to see where you're going to place? You know, I just really, like, after I found out that I was going to be going for fifth and sixth, just uh, a really big goal. I just wanted to end my career with getting my hand raised. My last match is getting a win and ending it on that. When you got your hand raised, what was going through your head then? It felt good, and I was I was really happy about it, but it didn't really set until, like, yesterday when I was hanging out my shoes that that could be, like, one of the last times I'm competing on a mat. Has there been any college looks, or have you showed any interest in wrestling in college? Yeah, I've been talking to a few coaches here and there. I just don't know what I want to do yet, like, with anything. Like, I don't know what I want to go to school for or anything, so i got to figure all that out before I decide what I'm going to do. Yeah, man, it comes quick. Graduation's right around the corner. Yeah, I know. It, it flew by. I didn't even realize it was going to be that quick, but it flew by. Yeah, that's one thing they always told me when I was younger. It's like, hey, you better enjoy this or, you know, take your time. Don't try to rush through things because before you know it, you're going to be an old man. And I didn't believe him, but now I'm kind of an old man. Yeah, I'm starting to realize it. <laughs> yeah, so I will share that wisdom with you. I'm sure other people already have, but it goes by quick, man. But enough of that. Enjoy your time being young and finishing fifth at the state tournament. Yeah, got to. For sure. I spoke with Ottawa coach Pete Marks right before the regional and asked him, you know, who do you have going in the regional that you think is, you know, a strong competitor, you know, will do well? And immediately he said Luke Fleming, you know, should be a possible state qualifier. He's been wrestling really well all year. What has Pete meant to you as a coach these last four years and training you to get to state and get the medals that you've earned. Yeah, he's been a big mentor for me over the past four years. You know, he's like pushing me to 
better myself, and I wouldn't have done nearly as good without his support throughout my career. What are some things about Coach that make him that mentor, make him a wrestling coach for, he's been there since, I think he said 05 or 06, so he's been there quite a few years. What's made him last? Yeah, he's been there for a while. I think it's just a big part of the passion he has for the sport and stuff. He's been around it so long, college wrestler, state wrestler when he was younger, in high school, I'm pretty sure he was a state champ and stuff, so it's a big part of his life, and I think just he has a lot of passion for the sport. Did he tackle you after you meddled? <laughs> no, but I did give him a big old hug after it and stuff. Do so. you think you could take him if you guys were wrestling? Maybe I'd have a chance to use my weight, but he's, he's up there. <laughs> I like the nice way that you put it, because along with getting older, we usually get chubbier, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So now that you have, you know, won a medal, you finished with your wrestling season, what are you going to do, sit on the couch and watch some Netflix? Yeah, I've also, I also just want to get into more, I didn't really lift that much weight throughout, like, my career. I lifted here and there, but not too often. I really want to, like, start lifting more so I don't get out of shape and stuff. Gotcha. So you want to some tone some stuff. Yeah, I started gaining, like, I was 132. I'm already up to, like, 142. Oh, wow. Is that why you didn't lift weights, so you wouldn't put on extra weight? Yeah, and a lot of it, like, when I'm cutting weight and stuff, like, sometimes I get weaker and stuff, and I just don't have the energy after practice and stuff to go lift, so I just didn't do it too often. That's all right. Shawn Michaels doesn't look like he lifted much weights either. <laughs> so if you were going to watch Netflix and chill out in between working out and trying to figure out what you're going to do for college, what would you watch on Netflix? You know, I like to watch that 70s show. That's a big go-to for me. Oh, that's perfect. Who's your favorite character on that 70s show? Probably either Hyde or uh, Red. Yeah, I'd probably have to go with Red. He's the man. Honey. All right, Luke, I appreciate you joining us, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, to talk about your wrestling career, getting a couple medals at state, Shawn Michaels being your favorite wrestler, and your love for that 70s show. Really appreciate you spending the time with us, man. Yep, thanks for having me.